Welcome to Win Win, a podcast from the Department of Sport and Exercise Science at the Waterford Institute of Technology. I'm your host, Bruce Wardrop, and in each episode, I'll be chatting with someone who works behind the scenes in sport, helping people to maximise their performance potential. If my guest is winning, hopefully their clients are winning too. In this episode, I'm catching up with Keelan Nugent, otherwise known as Kiki Fit Online. Kiki, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the podcast today. I'm really excited to chat with you. Thanks, Emil Breeze, for having me on. I'm actually so excited to chat all things health and fitness related. Brilliant. Well, this whole conversation came about because earlier this semester, I asked some of our students to report back on who influences them. My own social media is full of fitness related content, but I was curious to see how much overlap there was between myself and the students. Uh, When the results came in, you and James Smith were definitely the most popular choices by far. The students said that they find you inspirational, motivational, and what I found interesting was that you were very relatable. Now, I have to hold my hands up and say that I wasn't a a Kiki Fit follower before this, but uh, since the students identified you as someone who's important to them, uh, I've checked you out. And I I figured that, I, I now understand rather, that you started out as an undergrad up in DCU on an exercise and health related course that's similar to, to our students. So perhaps you could tell us a bit more about how you got started in the health and fitness industry. Yeah, so basically I kind of fell into it. I was always into sports and I was always like, I had an interest in sports and everything. But when I put my C, when I was doing my CAO, I wanted to be a physiotherapist. I was hell bent on being a physio and I missed it by 10 points. Um, And I ended up going to DCU and I ended up going, I think it was my third or fourth choice. And I just was kind of like, okay, well, this is it. I'm not repeating the leaving cert. We're going to give this a go. You know, there's no plan B. We'll just give it a go. Um, And I actually ended up really, really loving it. And I found that like, I found a bit more of my calling in life because I knew I always wanted to help people, but I just didn't know how I was going to do it. So while I was studying in DCU, I think it was in second year, I did a night course um, and I got my certificate to be a personal trainer. That's kind of where it started off in DCU. Very good. Yeah, that's that's I, that's familiar to myself now as well. I uh, had notions about what I was going to do, but I I didn't quite get my first choice either uh, when I did the did the leave insert, and I ended up falling back in indirectly into into sports science as well. And yeah, found my calling too, and loved it from there. Um, you said then that you did you did a, you did a course outside of the college, and did you so did you start working as a personal trainer while you were a student? Yeah. So basically what happened was I obviously wanted to be a personal trainer and I wanted to get into that field of like expertise. I really, I had a huge interest in it and there's a lot of court, there's a lot of modules in my, that was in my course in DCU, like on powerlifting and form and like learning how to actually do everything in the gym. So I found that they were my favorite and I literally looked forward to it so much. I also loved the anatomy side of things as well. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do a personal trainer course. And because it wasn't offered, like you obviously don't become a personal trainer as a sports science student. So I did that in DCU, but like with an outside company. So I remember it was Tuesday, 7 till 10 p.m., Thursday, 7 till 10 p.m., and then Saturday mornings. Um, And I did that for nine months. So it was really cool. It was actually really, really easy as a sports science student. Like we had already covered everything. So I'm not even going to lie. Like I didn't go to a lot of it, not a lot of it, but like I did all the exams and I like did really well in them, but we'd already covered everything. That was handy, convenient for you. Yeah. The only part that I like really needed to go to was the actual gym instruction part, like to learn like how to actually like interact with clients and how to interact with people on the gym floor. Excellent. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Um, 
But I just, our students, just to let you know, it, it, uh, they're quite lucky then because as part of our degree courses, we've got the, the personal trainer qualifications built into them. So some of the students that I'm, the, the students that I asked uh, about, about you and other personal trainers, they're doing the modules that get to qualify them as personal trainers. So um, before they're finished their degree, they'll have that qualification so they can start getting that aspect of their career off the ground without having to wait for graduation at the end. So it's a nice way of doing it. They're very, very lucky because I was down two grand. I remember in second year and, but like the thing is, you know, knowledge is power. So the more, you know, the better. So they're very, very lucky that they have that under their belt belt as well. So let's go back to what you said there about learning how to interact with the students, not with the students, with your clients. Uh, What did you, what did you, what did you feel you needed to brush up on or what skills did you feel you needed? Well, I mean, as a personal trainer, you can't just make cookie molds for everyone. You have to literally be able to, you know, no matter who comes at you, you even if you're not like familiar with what they want, you just have to know absolutely everything. And I remember covering a model, module in college. It was APA, which is Applied Physical Activity. And I remember it was the side of... um actually getting to know the person because getting someone fit and healthy is so much more than just getting them like strong or getting them their physique goals it's also mental it's also learning that if you're working with a mother of two are they gonna are they gonna have the time to work out every day probably not are they gonna have the time to prep their meals probably not you know it's that sort of thing that I needed to like really learn how to like be a people person as well to any of my students listening to this, I swear to God, I have not prepped Kiki to say these things, but you're saying exactly what I want you to say. Amazing. So, well, let's talk about that. So if someone contacts you and uh, goes to you to, to act as their personal trainer, I've had a look at your website and obviously there's a, a an initial consultation form that they fill out online. So what's, what's the process? How do you go about getting to know the person or how do you get them on board with your programming? Well, they fill out a park you form. So it's just getting to know them, getting to know all the little bits. Um, so basically they fill out any past injuries, any medications, male, female. I usually work with, like I have no males. Like I, you know, I tend, my expertise is women and I just like it. Um, they fill in their goals, short-term, long-term, exercise dislikes, exercise likes, um, obviously their name, age, that sort of stuff. And that's kind of it. And then once they sign up with me, I do, I do it all online. So I'm an online personal trainer. So I will WhatsApp them and that's how I get to know them. So that's how that point of contact happens. So I start voice noting them and I'm like, okay, what's up? Like, who are you? What are you about? And let me know like your past history in like fitness and what, like, what is like, what do you do? You know? Okay, that sounds like how much time would you spend doing that? Is it that that particularly time consuming? Obviously, it's valuable work that you have to do. Um, But yeah, how much time do you spend doing that? I spend my whole life doing it. Like I am the minute I wake up to the I stay up till 2 a.m. Now, it sounds like, oh, Jesus, she goes from like, so I will get up at like 10 and I go to bed at two and I have a live in between like eating stuff in between. But my day is filled with clients. So that's just what I do. I love doing it. So I don't ever feel like I'm working, but it is it is very time consuming. But as a personal trainer, as a health professional, you have to care about the people. And for me to do a good job, it just means I have to spend time on each and every individual that signs up with me. And do you treat that? Did you take that? Is it? Do you work with them obviously individually? But do you have any groups set up, or do you use Facebook groups or anything like that for your work? 
No. So what I do, it's very basic. I remember I, I set this up myself and it's all through WhatsApp. They, I do a couple of Zoom calls because I prep, I prep clients for um, competition. So I have a couple of girls going for shows this year. So they get Zoom calls because prep clients are a little bit more demand, not demanding because they're not demanding, but their prep is demanding. Sure. But sure. other than that, it's just all through WhatsApp. And then as well, if they want their form corrected or they have, they have to show me a video, we send videos over and I would like correct them like that. Okay. And you mentioned there that, you know, you've, um, you specialize or you focus on female, on, on, on your female clients with, with no male clients, I think you said, you said there. So was that something that just came around organically or did you very deliberately choose to target females as your, as your clientele? Honestly, I am really, really good at working with women. Um, I can technically like, I can train men. That's fine. And I find as well, men don't tend to want to sign up to me because I'm, I'm a girl. So I find that like men will like not really sign up to me and I'm cool with that. I love working with women and as well, I'm, I'm quite good with it. I love working with like, I have a lot of like clients that will be mothers and things like that. And that's where I excel in because I love that obviously because I am a woman. So I have been through everything and I feel like what a lot of my clients will come to me and this is for any of your male students. So a lot of my clients come to me um, and they'll be like, look, Kiki, I've had a coach and he didn't care. He didn't care that like I have my period, I have kids, I have this, I've stress, I have hormones and all this. And the thing is, you have to realize that like for a client that is a woman, her month is going to look a lot different to like a typical male month. So I think that's why I do well, because I know what it's like to be a girl and what it's like to actually like go through a fitness journey as a woman. Well, related to that, I've seen as well that you've been through your own personal physical transformation and I've seen you post very openly and honestly about how you felt beforehand and, and how the transformation went for you. So can we talk about that a little bit? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I suffered very badly with an eating disorder when I was younger um, purely because I had no I had no education. So it was mainly when I was in secondary school and then I got into college and I started educating myself and I was just like, I just learned a lot of things um, that in the in the long run have made me a better coach. So I actually work with a lot of clients that have eating disorders and I help them out of it. So that's another part as well of my coaching that I do help people not out of eating disorders because I'm not qualified to do that. But I do understand like I'm very I understand like what it is like to go through. Um, but yeah, so I came I basically started off very like not knowing what was going on Um, went into DCU, learned a lot of stuff and I just got myself out of it if that makes sense yeah yeah so you just started to apply what you were learning to yourself yeah I had an unbelievable nutrition lecture um he was amazing and he was just so so good at like educating us all about like you know macros about like daily calorie intakes training as an athlete and things like that so that really inspired me to like I was at one point I was like I want to do a master's in nutrition like that's how like inspired I was by it so that really did help me kind of like with my mindset and my mental health because it was something that I suffered a lot with um, but I've definitely done a 360 with my mindset completely. Very good so um, from your own personal sorry from your own personal transformation rather um, I, you've hinted at it there do you feel like it's given you more empathy or sympathy with the clients that are coming to you 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 may understand where they're coming from and what they're looking for? Yeah 100% like I get girls that come to me um and a lot of coaches, like I see it all the time. They just don't care. And the thing is, you can give out a training nutrition plan. And you're like, there you go. And I say if it's a girl and she might have 
a binge eating disorder, but she, it's not diagnosed. Maybe she just struggles with it. You have to be able to help her realize that and help her come out of that. So for any of my clients that have that, I understand how much of like, that is something mentally that is really difficult. And then they feel like a failure because they're like, I can't do her training. I can't do her nutrition. What is wrong with me? But it's not, it's like, that's the part that you need to be able to sympathize with your clients and be like, look, we can help you out of this. Our sole goal isn't it, it isn't to hit a weight. It isn't to do this. It's literally to get you feeling good and positive in your body and good with your with your training and exercise, you know? Yeah. And that's making me think back then to the, you know, the time and effort that you spend communicating and getting to know with your, getting to know your individual clients. You wouldn't be able to do all that if you didn't have that communication channel with them. No, uh, you, you love my voice notes. I send like 10 minute voice notes to my clients. Like it's like motivational <laughs> voice notes, but like it's, you know, getting fit and being on a fitness journey. It's not just like a six week transformation. It's, it's a lifestyle change that I want to teach people. It's not like, Hey, here you go. Give me your money. And yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's definitely a lifestyle change for them. Yeah. Like you see, like you see it a lot, but anyone can, can, can starve their clients and slap on a bit of fake tan and have them looking good for a moment in time. But if you want exactly. real sustainable change, it has to be, it has to be lifestyle. There has to be education built into it. It has to be longevity in what they're doing. Exactly. Um, I know from, uh, from look, I've, I've had a look through your content and I know that you, you really do make a conscious effort to, uh, to put out some really informative and educational content for your, uh, for your followers. But then I sometimes feel, and I've heard other other um, fitness professionals online say that it can be very frustrating to try and balance the educational and informative content with some of the more kind of glamorous and lifestyle shots um, of, uh, of of what's going on. Like for the girls, a, a bikini pic or for the guys, a good shot of their six pack uh, gets much more engagement and, and, uh, and much more engagement from the followers. So how do you feel about that? Do you, do you find that to be true? And how do you address the balance? I mean, I feel like it is true to a certain extent, but with me, right? So I've done a 360 with my Instagram page. So a year ago, I would have been posting glam pics, like here's me, you know, prepping for a show, like whatever. But now because I've changed my niche, so I've, I'm 75% women on my page, which is amazing. So the posts that do well for me are like, even if I post a client picture or I post my transformation or I post a picture with no makeup on because people want to see people that are relatable. Like, I feel like people are just sick of seeing, you know, uh, I don't know, a per- perfect life on Instagram. So what does better for me, like with my engagement is people love seeing my recipes. People love seeing my workouts, you know? Um, so I find the more content, valuable content I put out there at the start, you're going to be like, oh, it's not getting as much engagement. But as you keep putting it out there, you attract the people who want to see it. So then it always does well because you're putting out content that whoever is following you really does like your content. Okay, yeah, because one of the one of the, the questions I, I I told the students I was going to be talking to you and, and a lot of questions came in about how did you initially build your profile? How do you, you get yourself get your name out there? How did you put yourself out there to build your your online business? And what it sounds like you're saying there is, you know, trust the process, really, uh, yeah, and, like, and be patient with us. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think a lot of people are focused on like following and followers and getting that like get chasing followers but the thing is you have to be there for the people who are following you anyone if you have a thousand followers of those people who are following they're they're engaging in your content so they want to see you so if you focus on them 
and you will grow because with especially with PTs it's where the mouth it's how you do like if you do like help someone like their whole life turns around it's going to be word of mouth they're going to tell their auntie they're going to tell their mom they're going to tell their dad but coming back to Instagram I would say stick with like the valuable content because you will like it will grow and you'll attract the people you want to attract do you know yeah no I think that's really good advice um, really solid. I, I think it's interesting the way you said that you've you've uh, you've kind of pivoted or changed up your 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 content. I think maybe initially, um, what is it? It's probably only three four years where Instagram has been a real pop, uh, a viable business opportunity for people. And initially, maybe yeah, it was about lifestyle. People wanted to see things, but I think we're in a place a space now where people are starting to question what they see and and they realise how many how much things can be staged online. So it does come back to adding value to your client to, to your followers to your clients and making them want to come back for more. Yeah, and if you put out. So this is how my how I used to think about it. If I put out content and people trust it and they're like, wow, this is amazing. She knows what she's talking about. She's very well educated. She's helping people. She's someone I want to work with. Then maybe this person in a year's time might say, hey, look, can you coach me? You know, so it's gaining trust by putting out valuable content. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah, you've just made me think um, when we did the task with the students, I asked them to identify, like not just to identify people that they they followed online, but to give us a reason. Why why did you follow this person? What attracted to them you to them in the first place? Like, do you trust the content that they're putting out there? Just to make them question, like to put those questions into their heads. And uh, for you, uh, the students came back and said, yeah, they all knew that you had your degree uh, in, in the relevant discipline. So they trusted what you were saying. Yeah. I mean, like, I just think, you know, knowledge is power. And there's a lot of people out there that like, aren't, I don't know, like, I just think if you have a degree, you are qualified to help people. So it's nice knowing that, like, if you have a coach that they have a degree and they know what they're talking about. Sure. What does your typical day look like? I know it's what, what time are we at now? It's, it's, it's a quarter to 11 at night over there? Quarter to 11, yeah. God. So you uh, you mentioned earlier that you get up, uh, you start the day. I think you do a live workout every day. Yeah. So I wake up at 10 o'clock. Um, I've been trying to get a better morning routine because everyone keeps asking me, what's your morning routine? But honestly, I drag myself out of bed. I'm not even going to lie. Um, so I get up, coffee, walk my dog and we do a live workout. Um, I do a little bit of work, like admin kind of work in the morning. I do my live at 2 p.m. here um, and it varies between two and three or could be two and a half two and a half, two. Um, and then from three o'clock onwards, it's working through till 2 a.m. <laughs> I have no life. <laughs> that's intense. That is intense. But the uh, thing is, I mean, I love what I do, so I never feel like I'm working. Like I I sit there and I'm buzzing, like, you know. Yeah, again, it's that's something I have said to, to, to students and to other people. I, I get like yourself. I'm really, really fortunate. I love my job. And uh, it is what it's quarter to seven in the evening here in Ireland. It's dark outside now, but I don't feel like I'm working. This is this is enjoyable. It's like a hobby. So if you can find work that 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 you're passionate about and you enjoy, I think that's really really valuable. But more than a salary, uh, it's it's worth more to you than 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 the salary is at the end of the day if you enjoy what you're doing. So speaking about your live workouts, then another that was another thing that the students highlighted that they like. They really enjoy your live workouts. Uh, they mentioned specifically your, you know, your your music is always good. The demos you give, the queuing. How much time and prep goes into each one of those lives that you do? Um, honestly, at the start, it took me ages, but now, like, I could do a live workout without having anything planned because it's all in my head. 
And the thing is, I so when I was doing my personal training course, we did this actually has helped me out so much. And it's the part of the course I was a spit you you learn how to be a spin instructor, TRX, and exercise to music. And it helped me so much with cueing to music and how much that motivates people during the live. So people don't understand like how much talk goes into my cues and how much like counting I do and like how, you know, like even visuals, like, cause people can see me. So I'm like three, two, one, you know? So, um, it, yeah, like, I mean, a lot of my PT courses helped me, but at the start, it used to take me ages to write them up. But now, like I could literally do one a lot of the time I'll do one without any prompts I used to have a little notepad and now we can kind of just hop up and do whatever so yeah I wouldn't I, I often wonder do, do you have a menu of workouts that you work through or rotate through maybe previously you might have but now you, you just go with the flow yeah like I try and introduce like random stuff and I try and do different things like I've recently introduced introduced boxer size which is very new to me because I've just started boxing because I just you know I want to do new stuff and I want to learn a new sport so I mean my form probably isn't great but I try and introduce kind of fun ways of exercising because people get bored you know so people are like oh you should do salsa next and I was like okay we're, we're gonna stop at the boxers <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't be a good thing I mean I don't know yeah I yeah I don't think I'd be comfortable doing that I, re- I remember back when I did my own fitness instructor qualification the the standards for for teaching were very very different um it, I, I was able to get through it but uh, rhythm wouldn't be my strong point and I see what the students have to do our current students have to do in terms of uh, of the queuing and the uh, the timing and the counting and I just think I would never I wouldn't be good at it's d- not easy no like when it starts out you're like oh this is so easy you're gonna ace this whatever and then the dance instructor is like you're doing twirls you're doing twists and you're doing random stuff and you're like what is going on yeah and you're counting all the time that you go through to try and transition to something else Uh, yeah i think i would have to dedicate an awful lot of uh specific practice to get good at doing that i'm glad i'm glad i don't have to do it now (laughs) Um, So, uh, well, I suppose on that, do you have any tips for our current students who might be trying to get to grips with planning workouts and putting stuff together? Any quick tips or pointers that you you might give them, things you can remember back from when you were getting started out? Um, Started out like as in... Planning like like your workouts or workouts for your clients to do or your lives or anything like that? Well, I think the main thing would make your workout make sense. So like don't throw in random stuff like you ha- you want it to make it make sense for someone so say for example if i'm doing my live workout we have our warm up we have a section that's a little bit easy to just like gradually bring them in then we have the hard section then we gradually come out because by the end they're dead anyway we might have a finisher and then a cool down so you want to make sure that it's very structured same with like if i program my gym programs, like how I kind of tend to program them. And I know there's lots of like research around this, but this is how I personally train and I like training. So I always will start off with like compound exercises. So I'll put in big lifts at the start. And then afterwards we'll do like isolation and like easier kind of bits at the end and then a burnout. So that's how I will generally, when I'm, when I'm programming, that's what I'll kind of do bar like one day I might do like a pre-exhaustion at the start on my quad day. But other than that, you want to make it make sense. And as well, you have to remember that a, a lot of people who sign up to me are beginners and they might not be able to do what you think they can do. Like the one thing I realized when I'm PTing people, some people I'll be like, okay, three sets of 10, they can do like two of like six. And you're like, what? And you know, they're not going to be able to do what you're able to do. So you have to put yourself in their shoes. Like they're struggling. So you need to make it beginner friendly. 
Yeah, I think that's one something we, we do try to focus on. And particularly when you're on on a on a uh, a, a health and fitness degree or if you're doing your personal trainer qualification you're generally surrounded by young fit healthy people who are into what they're doing they're, they're capable so when you're all practicing and training with each other you know everything seems really easy very very doable and it's hard to put yourself into the position of someone who mightn't have exercised for 20 years and wants to try and start something Exactly. Because I know I know the vibe when you're in sports science and everyone's an athlete. I'm pretty sure there was like my entire course were on Irish teams of something. And like, you know, you have to be able to be like, okay, you're going to be working with someone who is like most likely because I know everyone wants to work with athletes and everyone wants to be like the best athlete, trainer or whatever. But realistically, 96 percent of the population are average Joe soaps. And that's where, that's where the money's at. Like, cause not everyone's going to be, you know, training athletes. You have to be able to be like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to specialize in postnatal training and I'm going to get really good at that. You know, like, so you have to be able to broaden your mind. Cause I know, I remember a lot of my course being like, yeah, I want to work in like Santry sports clinic. I want to do this. And I was just like, mm. I'm so easygoing that I was like happy enough, like working with whoever, you know? Yeah. I think that's it. You got to picture like a, a triangle and the athletes are the, the very tippy top of the triangle up there but there's a big broad base of people underneath it that are ready and willing to are available to be to for, for personal trainers to work with and like you said that's where the, that's where the money is that's where, that's where your bread and butter is going to come from realistically and it's really fulfilling as well because you're like you're changing people's lives so say you get someone who's got like maybe diabetic and you're training with them and you completely change their life they lose 30 kg in a year with you and they think it's brilliant and how fulfilling it is to help someone completely change their like lifestyle and their quality of life is so amazing do you so i have now i haven't seen do you put up much client transformations or do you do you do you use that to your advantage or is that something you shy away from no, no, no. I'm very bad at, I'm so busy, but I have a client page where I just post transformation. So I actually, I have loads, but it's just all on my client page because I try and keep different things a little bit separated, but I do post my client transformations, but I have loads on my coaching page. Very good. So they, they're, they're there if, if people want to check them out. Yeah. Yeah, no, but it must be, I, I can imagine that that would be really satisfying, really rewarding to see someone happy in themselves after the training and achieving whatever goal it is they set out to achieve yeah I mean like I have girls like I have a girl that's lost 30 kg with me and she's like started her own fitness journey um on Instagram and stuff and watching her become so confident and she's she'll talk on her stories she tells all everyone about her fitness journey and I'm just like a proud mother I'm just like like this is amazing to see the confidence grow and that's what gives me fulfillment on that, just while you mentioned confidence, one of the other things that our students mentioned, uh, spoke about that they liked was that you are uh, very open and honest about your anxieties and your and your vulnerabilities. So maybe it's a it's a misconception that people might have if they if they just looked at your Instagram page, they might think, oh, this girl must be full of confidence and 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 no insecurities whatsoever. But I've heard I I'm, you speak openly about that. So what type of things make you feel insecure or make you feel anxious? I mean, I feel like we all have insecurities and like, you know, you see people on Instagram and you're like, wow, like they have perfect bodies, perfect lives, but more than likely they have so many insecurities. 
especially I find people who gym are just full of insecurities because it's like the minute you start gymming, like you just become full of insecurities. But like, to be honest, I don't really have too many insecurities because I've been working a lot on myself to like, I'm on a self-love journey. I know this sounds really like cheesy, but like, I'm trying to like, you know, I used to be very, very insecure and it really, really did affect my confidence. But now like I've like really grown and I've really grown as a person. So yeah, obviously I have days where I don't feel confident and I'm like, shit, like, you know, I have to go live and I don't feel great. Um, But like, I mean, I'm really open on my Instagram. So that's the one thing that like really helps me is I'm able to be like, guys, I just don't feel great today, you know? So how, how do you, did you, do you just front up and, and go with it? Have you built up a bit of resilience in yourself that you're able to, to just on those days when you're not feeling great that you just say, put yourself out there? Yeah, like some days, the thing is like, if I ever have really, really bad days where I'm like upset, because we all have them, like, you know, if you don't have them, you're not human because everyone has those days where they want to sit in bed and cry or they want to, they're just not feeling 100%. Like I might, I might not necessarily go on my stories or go onto my Instagram right then and there, but I might come on later and be like, so we're having a really bad day today, guys. And I will say it because it's normal. And it, I think it's really important to normalize like mental health and normalize not being okay all the time. Um, so that's kind of how I deal with it. Yeah, I know. I'm just you're making me think like I have a, a WhatsApp group with a couple of friends. And sometimes when someone just says I'm having a shit day or something not going well or work is very tough, uh, quite often someone else will chime in and go, oh, yeah, it's kind of good to hear that it's not just me. You know, it makes yeah. it okay. Everyone's feeling it, especially like during lockdown and everything. The minute I said anything about feeling weird and everyone was just like, I'm the exact same. I'm hating lockdown. I'm hating life. Like I'm literally killing my parents. I'm fighting with everyone, you know, so everyone is in the same boat. So, well, on lockdown and, and the pandemic then, how is how has that affected? Well, how long are you over in Dubai? So I've been living here since 2019 in August. So I've been over, I was here in the Dubai lockdown, which was horrible. It was awful. And is, are you you out guys out of lockdown now over there? Yeah, so they're pretty much out of lockdown, but like you have to wear masks and there's like you're there's certain limits on people. You have to if when you go into like restaurants, there's like glass barriers between tables and things like that. So there's like still social distancing measures, but you're allowed out of your house and stuff. Okay. So well outside that kind of day-to-day life, what about your business-wise? How has the the, the pandemic affected your work? Has it been a hint, help or a hindrance or where, what, what has it done for you? I think it's it's made everyone more used to working online for one thing. Exactly. Um. So I was already working online beforehand. So this lockdown has actually really, really, I've never been as busy as I am now. Um. But I was all online. So I actually was really used to this life and I was used to be sitting, like I sit in my house all day and I'm used to it. So I feel like a lot for a lot of people that was hard. Um, and then a lot of people having to move over to online businesses. But for me, lockdown is like made me so busy. But it's good though. When I was in lockdown in Dubai, I was so busy that I didn't have time to be like, oh my God, we're in a lockdown. Sure. Yeah. Kind of a, a silver lining to a big dark cloud. I know. Um, how long has it been since you've been home to Ireland? I was home for Christmas, um, um, just for Christmas, because it's not like it's really weird here um, at Christmas time. It's just not the same in Dubai. So I was home for Christmas, but I don't think I'll be home for a while just with, you know, the way things are. Yeah, exactly. And like I'm a full time resident here as well. So that's home now, is it? Yeah, like I hated it at the start, but I moved over here and the lockdown happened. And, you know, in Ireland, when they have a lockdown, it's it's a little bit more, I don't know, I feel like people 
are a little bit more lenient, whereas here it's zero tolerance, like quarter of a million fine, proper. You cannot leave your house. So it's it's like because it's run by like a king and everything, it's just so strict. Like Yeah, not worth chancing your arm like you would in Ireland the odd time. No, you don't. You don't chance here at yeah. all. And so do you, do you see yourself staying there for this foreseeable future? Yeah, like I love it here. There's a great fitness community here. Like there's the best of the best, some of the best gyms. And you meet like the athletes that are here as well. Like you, the biggest people in the world come to Dubai to train. And it's just so unreal here. It's yeah. Motivated. Yeah, no, I was there. I was there on my honeymoon a few, well, a good few years ago now. But I really, really like Dubai. Um, and I'd hope to get back there at some stage. Um, so right, there's a, we've, we've talked about a lot. There's a couple of more questions that I wanted to get to with you. And another thing, I'm, I must be giving you a big head here. All these things that you impressed our students with, your cooking, your cooking, and the recipes that you post. Was this something that you were always into? So this is actually I I used to work part time in a restaurant, um, and I've always like been really really into cooking. Like I really enjoy cooking. Um, and basically, what happened was the the guy who owned the restaurant, he was like, "Oh, you like cooking? Do you want to be a chef?" I was like, okay, now this is like country in Kildare. And they were, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Like, no, I've no experience as a chef, but like I worked as a chef for like a year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can make a lot of things and I like cooking is like my pastime. It's like, makes me really, really happy. I switch off from work and I just love it. So that's where like, I like making your regular kind of unhealthy meals kind of more healthy. Yeah, it's good. I've seen it. I've watched a couple of the recipes and even just the style, the way you present them. It's nice, easy to digest, if you'll forgive the pun. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're things that you, you feel you could try out yourself and do easily. Yeah, you want to make them as easy as possible because like some people are <laughs> so bad at cooking. Like my friend, she came over to the house and she was like, I can't make oats. I was like, you can't make what? Like some people like you need to really, really make it super, super easy for people. Someone, someone was asking me the other day about, um, you know, how do you how do you stop yourself from eating all around you, particularly when you're on lockdown at home and, you know, the kitchen's so close by and it's easy to just grab something. But I was I was telling a story, a friend of mine, and she had a, a Kit Kat, a, a, like a full size four bar Kit Kat, and she had a cup of tea and she said she, she was going to eat half it. So she took off the two bars, but she felt that if she w- if she left the other two half bar- bars of the Kit Kat just in the fridge, you know, it would be eaten mindlessly at some point during the day. So this might seem a bit extreme, but I thought it was a good idea and pretty funny. She went and got the sellotape out of the, out of the cupboard and she wrapped it in sellotape so that if she wanted to eat it, she was going to have to make a very deliberate effort to get the scissors to cut the Kit Kat out of the, of yeah. the sellotape before she ate it again. So yeah. as opposed to making it easy there, she was making it very difficult for herself. Yeah. Um, on the, uh, you've, the, the one of the last things I wanted to ask you about now was the the, the resistance bands. So you're starting to bring out your own products. So yeah, well, you have them out. You're, the, the resistance bands that you you sell. How did that come about? Was that an opportunity that just presented itself, or did you go pursuing it? So basically, it was in my lives last year. I was using like I have a load of friends that have resistance bands. So obviously, I was like promoting theirs, and I was like, yeah, let's go onto her website. Like she's got them, and then everyone was like, why don't you bring out your own ones? I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I was like, that's too much for me. Like, and I don't have a business head. So I get stressed out with like numbers and the financial and all that stuff. It just not is, it's not my thing. Like I actually have a financial advisor and when he comes over, I'm just like, I just don't understand what you're saying. So it was like a massive thing for me to do that because I just, I felt very out of my, out of my depth. Um, But yeah, I ended up doing it and it was mad. It sold out and then it kept selling out and it like, 
just obviously there was a niche there. They're good quality resistant bands. Like people enjoy them. People like them. But I think as well, because I've built a nice little community that people wanted to like, a lot of people were like, you bring out water, we'll buy it. Like we just want to support you because I was doing the lives all year for free. And like, I've no intention of ever charging um, for them. So people were like, we just want to buy it to support you, which was nice as well. That's great. Well, that's a testament to the strong community that you've built up online. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Okay. I think we've had a really good conversation there. I've really, really enjoyed it. It's been so informative and, I, and I'm excited for the students to hear it because I think there's so much nuggets of wisdom and, and, and little things they can take away and, and hopefully put into practice uh, and start to emulate what you do a little bit if that's what they want to get into. I think they just have to as well because I feel when I was in sports science, there was a lot of like pressure to like know what you were doing. And like, I hadn't a clue, like I was floating around in that course. I had not a clue. And then I used to get really stressed out because everyone knew that they wanted to do this or they wanted to do that. And they knew what pieces they were writing and I didn't know anything. Um, so I just say like, you know, if it's for you, it won't pass you by and just be passionate with whatever you're doing. Just be passionate about it. Yeah, that's good advice, I think. And yeah, like I sometimes see when people say that they've got their their five-year plan their 10-year plan that's brilliant but that's not me I uh you know you, sometimes you just got to keep your eyes open for opportunities and if there's an opportunity there maybe jump on it and see how it works out a bit of trial and error and, yeah. uh, and find your path that way so listen we will I think we'll leave it there Kiki thank you so much for speaking to me today it has genuinely been a pleasure speaking to you really really informative quality episodes yeah and thank you so much for having me it's actually really cool like you know, speaking, this is so weird, but actually speaking to a lecturer from WIT, because like, I feel like I've just come out of college and it's like quite surreal to me that like people want to talk to me and like know what I'm doing, you know, so that's cool. Yeah, no, fair play. How long you graduated? I graduated, when did I graduate? I think it was 2019, May May 2019 is when I graduated. So not even that, like, not, it's a little long ago. <laughs> not that long at all. That's really impressive. I would have thought now, um, just from where you are in your in your career and how well you're doing, I would have thought that you were a few few more years along, down the line than that. So congratulations. Well done. Thank you so, so much. And thank you for having me as well today. Yeah, I have to admit, I was really impressed by Kiki. I'm not surprised that she is so popular with our students. In the short time that I've followed her online, I can see that she strives to put out quality content, acts like a big sister to her followers, and is just a genuinely warm and engaging person. I'm sure her PT clients probably experienced that times a thousand. Here are my take home points from my chat with Kiki. First, get your name out there and raise your profile by creating valuable content for your followers so that they want to keep coming back to you. Don't chase likes. You can have a successful business with relatively few followers if they buy into you and the content that you deliver. 100 followers who engage and interact are more valuable than 10,000 followers who largely ignore you. Next, be prepared to hustle. Kiki puts in long days to ensure that she delivers for her followers and clients. Put those consultation skills to use, communicate clearly and frequently, and allow those relationships to build and blossom. Finally, identify your target audience. Your audience can't be everyone and Kiki knows this. Her content is aimed predominantly at younger females. This allows her to be consistent, which in turn gives her followers more of what they want. It is literally the definition of a win-win. 
Okay, that's it for today. If you've made it this far, you might do one more thing and share the episode. It would be great to spread the word and build our audience. As always, if you'd like to get in touch, then you can catch me on Instagram at B underscore Wardrop. I welcome any feedback or suggestions that you, yes you, might have for the show. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode.